Hey guys, it's the Great Debates program. What's up? It's pullback. It's pullback the curtain week. Pullback the curtain week. Hey, and just yeah. to pull back the curtain all the way, we we did screw up. We're starting again after a minute of warm up chat. Whatever. In pull back the curtain week. You get to Radical see behind the scenes. Week. Pull everything yeah. back. Wow. Meta pullback. Okay, so here's I'm going to look at the list of tops that I have that each of the guys sent me. I'm going to select one for the micro debate because we don't waste any time in pulling back the curtain on pullback the curtain week. I've got four minutes on the clock, my iPhone cosmic timer. Um, Pull here's faster. my top. Steve, Steve Healy taking the pro, Don't Stop Believing is a good karaoke song. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. We're talking about the song Don't Stop Believing by Journey, right? Is that who recorded the song? Yes. A and okay, what are the key elements? What is important about a karaoke performance? It has got to raise the energy of the overall room or, you know, change, slow it down, you know, but it has to keep the party rolling. This is a great song that 100% of the time when anybody hears it, they want to keep the party rolling. Now, is this a great song for a singer, a great virtuoso performance? No, I don't think so. And I think it's very misleading to think that that is the key to karaoke. It is very selfish to make karaoke all about you. It's about the group energy, the group good time. This is a song that adds to the group good time and everybody can join in on and everybody's gonna be happy to hear it. No matter how bad of a singer you are, you can get away with this one. It's a very solid karaoke song. No one's gonna be disappointed. Solid choice. Okay, there's a few huge problems with the song Don't Stop Believing as a karaoke song. The first and one of the most salient is that it's got a huge instrumental intro. Everyone's going to be sitting around staring at a TV that says intro, 32 bars, while you're waiting for that whatever is piano and bass line to kick in. It's boring. It's a hack choice. It's been done before. It was, for some reason, it was like the anthem of like the White Sox a few years ago. It's been beaten to death. The Sopranos did it in the finale. It came and gone. Its moment is way behind us. It doesn't, here's an important thing for people of our age range, and I realize this is a bit of a tailored argument. It doesn't actually have a nostalgia factor for us. That song came out when we were a little too young for it to actually mean something. Maybe if you were in high school or college when it came out, but we were like six or eight. Like we tailored. didn't know what that meant to be tailored. just a yeah, I'm throwing it is a clothespin. But it doesn't know what, we don't know what that means even to be a small town girl living in a. Also, Healy, what you said is that like it's not a song for virtuoso performance. It is exactly that, and that's one of the biggest problems with "Don't Stop Believing." It's a hard song to sing. Steve Perry nailed it. He can start way down here and then bring it at that very end. Hold on to that feel. You know what I'm talking about. The way upper register at the end that everyone, by the way, has to wait another two and a half minutes just here's to get the to with here's the chorus the is repeating and repeating the, and it's boring the song, as hell. Here's what the song is. The song is a glorious, boisterous mess and that's what a successful karaoke night is. A loud, boisterous, collective mess. Now, Dave made a couple points. I just want to get rid of them as quickly as possible. It's, a, the it's instrumental actually like lead a really well-crafted power ballad. It's the, not the a, a mess The instrumental lead-in, the instrumental lead-in, which Dave brought down, but that is a part of the karaoke ritual, like the beginning of the thing, time to pour yourself a drink, good chance for the performer to do a little bit of theater and stage work, Ugh. which is an underappreciated part of karaoke. As, as, as for Dave's tailored argument about the song, I, look, this song for gen, it's multi generational. Just by being played as a like nostalgia hit, it became important to our generation. There's nobody in the United States that doesn't know this song and have some cool positive emotion towards it. Just for that alone, it's a solid karaoke song. 
That's exactly why it's a boring karaoke song. It's a hack choice. Healy, what are the... You and I have done karaoke together going to and karaoke Medina with several Dave, times. Going to karaoke with Dave sounds terrible. It sounds like what going to like a Berlin art show or something. Healy, you hack have, is not the criteria. About this. We're not the making best, original art here. Let me just say We're not something like here. Creating some of a our new... favorite... I, not just some of, all of your favorite karaoke memories are the unexpected choices. It's when our friend Mike gets up there and sings TV theme songs and it brings the house down. It's when no, someone gets no, up there. No, no, yes, absolutely. That's, you, that's no one not remembers. Everybody sings, uh, what's it called? The Look, Kelly Mike Clarkson is a great song, singer. I'd love gone. to hear Mike Everybody sing. sings that. Everybody's going to sing Don't Stop Believing." Everybody's yeah. going to sing Piano Man time. is a Joke and then you're going to skip it after 90 seconds because it's problem? a little boring. Okay, I feel warmed up. Yeah, I'm hot. That was pretty good. That was a great debate. Thanks. I'm going to call it a great debate. I'm going with Healy on this one God. and the pro. Dave, I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I felt that it, I was getting ready to announce that it was a tie with about 50 seconds to go. And then there's just something happened with the energy of the debate. And I felt like Healy sort of stole home. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Energy monitor. Look, it was just an energy thing. Future, that's all I had to go on. At no, end. sure. It was I mean, a dead heat. It was a dead future, heat. In the future, if you want to try to respond more to the points that are made in the actual content, that's that's an option, too. I, I'm just joshing <laughs> you, bud. You know I love you, and your word is final. And Healy, congrats on a win. Hey, guys, by now we do have the tech to get more voter listener input on who won the debate. I don't know why we failed mm -hmm. to take advantage of this. Maybe it would be embarrassing to one of us or... I think it's because no one cares. I don't know. Right? It could be. It could be fun. It's, I definitely don't care I enough think, to set it up. So that's probably the main obstacle. We could, should we just be doing a Twitter poll for every one of these debates? I, see, I don't trust Twitter polls. Ugh. The science over there is junk. I don't know. The Something's off bad. about that. Junk yeah, science. That's not a reliable system. What do you trust? But what, what would be a more reliable? I don't know, but that's where the listeners come in. Talk to us. How can we get a reliable like a direct way to like reach this. out to all of our listeners, or at least the ones who are on Twitter, and have We're like independent poll? I don't understand how it could be any. You think there's bots like voting? Too many, too many weird bots. factors are going to enter into it. I just don't trust it. Whereas like a poll, it was just for our listeners. They knew where to go on the website, and there was like, like a word. Go to the polls, and it was like honor on your honor. You're only going to vote once. You're not going to do a campaign. You know, they're you agreed you, upon you, rules. Look, guys, we know right. that voting systems have to be carefully constructed. Okay, is that not a right, lesson of it's past two hundred years? It feels like okay. we're in host chat here on pullback the curtain. It lead. does feel that way in a strong way. Yeah. Healy, what are we um, so pulling back the curtain on? Or I don't always have to be. I, I do want to say I don't always have to be in charge of host chat. You guys are welcome to bring tops for host chat. It's totally true, but I think there's an expectation that you're going to do it, so none of us are prepared. That's, That's what I'm trying problem. to encourage more participation from you guys. But I am prepared for host chat. Yes. So. Oh, nice guys. In today's <laughs> okay. host chat. I want to talk about the question of whether we are part of the problem. Okay, I love this. I want to do some soul searching with you guys. And basically, like, look, I feel like there's too much out there of oppositional instigation of argument, trolling, uh, devil's advocacy, all of that stuff. I think all the network uh -huh. news places are designed to have oppositional sides when there's no one who would encourage finding common ground. It's just uh -huh. we've gone too far in the direction of everything being a debate and an argument, and I wonder if that's a problem. 
Oh, so you're suggesting mm. that as a debate show, we're part of the problem because we invite we're inviting people to. We're just part we're of a nationwide a nationwide trend of framing everything mm. in opposition rather than mm. in hey Agreed you know let's it. you and I talk about whether uh, don't stop believing is a good or bad karaoke song. Mm -hmm. Now, flip side of that, it's possible uh -huh. that by being like a um, sporting somewhat gentlemanly rules-based respect-based debate program we're showing people making a model of ways to debate in a civilized way and that that's very useful right now man mm. i don't know you got me thinking i'm worried I, all I right could, well i could see both sides i yeah. mean like it is like but at the same time like you know i, I have thought about this that like <clears throat> sometimes I think about this with like our senators and stuff. This is kind of boring, but I always no. feel like sometimes we're confusing civility for decency. And I feel like, Ooh, yeah. mm. Uh, mm. like when we talk about, like I get, look, we're probably both pretty far on the left here. And I get kind of mad when I hear our lefty leaders like giving uh, senators on the right credit for being quote unquote good people when they're like, I know their families, like they're good. We can still go out and have a beer together. It's like Al Franken talking about, no, who's no longer senator, but like in his book, he went to great lengths to say like, these people are like, they're, we can still be civil together. I can make them laugh and they can like, you know, I forget who the senator was, Jeff Sessions or whoever when he was senator, like he made my granddaughter a knitted, her, his wife knitted me, a, my granddaughter a blanket, whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, that doesn't matter, like, these, they're horrible obstructionists who are making the country worse. It doesn't matter if they like send you a Christmas card. So I'm sort of right. on the side of like, the tone of the debate is way less important than like, which side are you on? But I hear what you're saying that like, I don't know, maybe, am I making any sense, Healy? Or Dan? Yeah, I, I understand that civility is not a replacement for decency. Right. It's a good start. Um, but uh, I don't understand how debate really and decency rule each other out. Okay. Okay. So we're pulling back the curtain this week. Yeah. How and far do you want to pull it? Do we want to read a couple of these? Well, yeah. So what happens before the episode typically is that we uh, sit down with a couple, uh, with a list of tops, usually from Steve and from Dave, and then we look at what the listeners have sent in. Today, I'm just going over a big list. Um, one from Steve and one from Dave. I pulled the one from Dave earlier, um, and I thought maybe we could just chat about a couple of tops that came in, and, and, and you guys could see how we like to kind of pick one. So here are some ones that are interesting to me. Um, iTunes is confusing. Ooh, I love that. Is a Dave, Dave top. Uh, George Clooney can change a tire. Love. The most important piece of furniture in your home is your bed. Love as well. Any of these are good. <laughs> Healy, not afraid to play to give compliments to the tops. I'll compliment yes. the tops all the live long day. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then from Healy, Shakespeare was funny. The Smurfs have a good life. Mm. Um, snakes can be our friends. Here's a provable. Icicles kill over 50 people a year. Uh, <laughs> um, Interesting. Uh, 
kids aren't that great. Mm. There will be a nuclear exchange in the next 100 years. Well, that oh, and one final time. one. Men and women need to spend more time apart. Ely, everything okay? <laughs> hey, there's no judgment when it comes to tops. No, no. Also, to peanut, totally fair. peanut butter is... Peanut butter is a top 10 food. That's insane. We can't argue that peanut butter is a top 10 food. You'd be, you'd be wrung up to dry in the first minute. I'm not necessarily saying I want the pro on every top I submit. I really want to make that clear. I think that's a okay. misconception. When I submit okay. a top, sometimes I just think it's like worthy of discussion. Okay. Mm. Do you think you know, that snakes. peanut butter is a top 10 food? I think you could argue it, yeah. But I'm just asking, like, you, it's, it's a matter of literally taste. Do you think, do you like it as a top ten? Is it one of your top ten foods? No, you'd win the battle on practicality, not on taste. Interesting. But now, what do we just do? Have a mini debate for no reason? I'm sorry. I don't know. It seemed fun. I don't know. Hey. Look, we're pulling back the curtain. We're all a little raw, all a little sensitive. It's a weird week. Okay. Okay. Medina? It's exposed. You feel exposed. Feel naked. It is when feel you pull naked. back the curtain, you feel exposed. So, what did people like out of this um, group of tops we just read? I loved any of Dave's tops. I'll take on any side of any of them. Dave, which one of those do you like the best? I kind of want to talk about beds. Great. Okay, Steve Healy <laughs> taking the pro on this week's great debate. The most important piece of furniture in your home is your bed. Uh, this is a tough one for Dave. I think we're talking about something you're going to spend a quarter a third on of your time on something that could be used for very vigorous physical activity and could also be used for just like totally being calm and still for a long period of time could also be used as kind of a display area you're definitely going to lay some clothes out there at some point it's huge it's probably the biggest thing in your house maybe the kitchen table's bigger but i doubt it I think we're talking about the biggest, most time-consuming, most uh, extremes of the pole physical uh, stress is going to be put on it. And just size. There's a whole room dedicated to it. There's one room in the house that has the name of one piece of furniture. It's the bedroom. Okay, that's obviously not true. There's a bathroom, and the bath is a, arguably was at least a piece of furniture. And but regardless, it, I'm not saying that your bathtub is just the most important piece of furniture. Healy, you're looking at things from a very practical, if I were buying my furniture, if I had to fill my house with furniture perspective, what's the most important piece of furniture? And I, I understand that argument. I understand the sort of like real politique of your argument, but I think it's a boring one. And here's what I want to appeal to people on. Think of your life growing up. Think of your... Actually, think of like almost any year in your life up until now. What was the most important piece of furniture in your home? I don't think it was a bed. I can't even remember most of the beds I've had. I can't remember really what my bed was like growing up. When it comes down to it, most beds are 100% functional and little more. I would also say, and this I, I know we're getting into gray territory here, but I actually think a mattress is more important than a bed, and I don't no think... Way. Okay, no, okay, no, I no. just want to float that. But I do think <laughs> that, that basically, most beds are created 
within like 10% of each other. Like, they're all pretty good. If you can afford a good bed, then you get a good bed. And if you can't, then you get the best one you can. And it's usually still pretty good. But spend my, the night on a, on a bad bed. You know, everybody has a memory of having done that, and it's really unpleasant. It probably ruined a, a night's sleep, maybe well into the next day. Think Actually, of the that's last true, like, really but bad, that's not... spiky, lumpy, no, weird, noisy At, bed you ever encountered. Of course. But most people don't sleep on bad beds. They sleep on adequate beds. Most people are like, yeah, my bed's fine. When I was growing up, you know what the most important piece of furniture was in my home? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I do want to pause for a sec because I think this is like a very interesting logical fallacy that you've just made there. The idea that like because it's so important, everybody deal with it adequately so that it's not a problem. I think that kind of thinking is exactly no, how we get into like... I didn't, I'm not saying that it's... I'm not saying that, that, that it's that important. Right. I'm saying that like because most people like... I'm saying because most people are fine with their beds, it is therefore not that important. You're saying the problem is not a problem because it's been solved. Basically, yeah, that's thank you for rephrasing my argument. Yes. But that doesn't mean it's not an extremely enormous problem if it goes wrong and thus very, very important. That's like saying, well, the roof of your house isn't very important because most people have a roof on their house that keeps the rain out. But yeah, but if you don't, it's a big problem. The roof is one of the most important parts of the house. It is. I don't think it's the most important part of the house. Like, I, it's a, a very good analogous argument. I think the foundation is more important than the roof. I'd rather have a faulty roof than a faulty foundation because you can Dave, fix the damn roof a, easier. But Dave, and you can, most people have a most people have a fine foundation. So I guess foundations aren't that important. Well, actually, if we're really going to go down this path, I think faulty foundations are much more common than faulty beds. I think most people who have a house have a bed that they can sleep on without any sort of like. That's difficulty. because it's important, not because it's not important. Okay, it's because Here, it's important. Everybody bothers to get a good one. Healy, I want to go back to the thing that I was trying to get out earlier because I think you might okay, actually enjoy it. I did interrupt a little bit. Yeah, the most important piece of furniture in my house growing up, I think, was the piano we had i loved it it healy's rolling his eyes can you imagine <laughs> this um this healy rolling his eyes at the idea that i enjoyed a piano more than a platform bed that i slept in like of course it was more important it brought me to the world of music it was something that was passed down from general it was my grandfather's piano it went from his house to my parents house now it's in my sister's house it's a family heirloom this rarely happens with beds there's now generations of king family members that have learned music learned how to read music learned how to play music on this piano it's not even a great piano it's a nice piano it's a stand-up piano it's nothing special or fantastic or valuable i mean it's a piano but it meant something to us. And I think that if you really look back on not just your childhood, but even your 20s, like, even, I'll give you another example. When we first moved to New York, I lived in an apartment with a couple friends, Matt and Noam, and later uh, Eben, and, and you lived there for a brief time. You, this piece of furniture wasn't there by the time you moved in, but in that apartment, the most important, important piece of furniture we had was this weird red couch we had. It was somehow a symbol of the apartment. It wasn't that comfortable, but it was a weird red velvety thing that Mamory had found some, I don't know, like outdoor thrift shop somewhere on the Lower East Side. I don't even know, but I can still picture it, man. I have no idea what kind of bed I had in that apartment. Beautiful, for, beautiful argumentation. Very nice. You. I love this. I do love talking. Talking about the most special thing in your house, yes. I do think there is something very important about that. But yes. Dave, 
If your bed were terrible, you wouldn't have given a two crowds about the piano. You would not. Maybe you would have slept on the red couch and declared that your bed. If you had a spiky, bad, lumpy, unpleasant bed, instead you'd solve the problem of the bed. You got a good, solid bed. It was the most bedrock, like like the foundation of a house, as you were arguing earlier. It built the foundation of the apartment, and then you could enjoy the piano or the red couch or whatever. You know what I'm just actually remembering is that I actually slept on like basically a futon mattress in that apartment, and it did suck. And you know what? I didn't care. It didn't matter. I don't. Re- it isn't the first thing I remember about that apartment because it wasn't that important. Yes, I didn't sleep that great. And like, what? Like, if you're a kid, or even if you're a grown-up, like, how bad does your bed have to be for it actually to be important? What kind of bed you have? Also, like, I was shop. I've been shopping for beds recently, and here's a new point I want to introduce. I've been shopping for beds because we're thinking about going with a king. And most beds are, like, basically the king same. King for a king. Someone should sponsor you. The great... Healy, that's a great idea. King um, for a king. Most beds are... It's like, if you Hashtag want a wood bed, you get one of these. And if you want an upholstered bed, it's one. It's like, here's the two... Mo- like, the one at West yes. Elm looks the same at CB2 as the one at Crate and Barrel is the one that you find at yes. the vintage shop. Is the same. It's yes. like, they're beds. They're Again, the most... It's like the amount of variance not, you have. It's so boring. The variety, that speaks to the importance of it. We cannot get this wrong. So most beds are hit solidly down the middle. Then there's like fringe beds, water beds, or whatever. And the people that are into that, that just absolutely they agree it's the most important thing. But most people, people are going with a beds. solid Listen to yourself. down. I know that's the point. Because they're so important, most people go with solid down the middle beds. It's that crucial to get it right. There's basically a solve a solution to the problem of a bed that we agree on. That's how important it is. Meanwhile, couches you can screw around with, throw a piano in there, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the bed, you gotta get that right. Throw a piano in there, man. Say that to my niece's face, dude. How dare you throw a piano in there? Unbelievable. Have you no like sense of wonder? You take away your bed. Take away your bed and see what happens. Take away your bed and see what happens. Okay, you know what? Honestly, take away her bed, she'd be fine. She'd sleep on the floor. She'd sleep in one of the other beds. She'd sleep on the couch. Take away her piano, she can't play the piano anymore. Like, you you actually can sleep in other places. I would surmise that for other people, like, I also have very fond memories of our dining room table. Like, that's a very emotional place for me. I bet the kitchen table's the same for a lot of people. I bet the dining room table is. I bet, like, let's take, or, like, look at, look at, um, I, you know, like, Frazier's dad's chair comes to mind. Like, those are the important things that people latch on to. No one, like, there's no famous, like, yeah, bed in fiction or in storytelling. It's because we have an, em- what? We don't oh, really have an emotional attachment to our bed. Shakespeare. <laughs> Dude, disagree, well, Dave. Uh, okay, Dave, uh, gotta, I'm going to give a closing argument. I want to address a couple points. Dave is trying to paint me into a corner as, like, an anti- pianist, anti-red couch guy, anti-dining room table guy. Not at all. Obviously, those are the things that make life worth living. But take away your bed and you are just, you've got nothing. It's the most important foundational, as Dave brought up, piece of your house. Take away your bed and you've got, you can easily sleep on anything else or another bed that will be almost identical to your bed. It's never Dave, a special item. Dave, you can't argue item. that Dave, beds aren't important because you can just really replace it with another bed. I don't love it when you don't respect the rules like that. You said closing statement, and then I talked, and Keely... You're right, you're right, you're right. That's true. You're right. I apologize. All right, let's turn it over to Medina. This is a tough one. 
Um, <clears throat> Dave, there's a lot to your argument. I just don't mm -hmm. feel like you mm -hmm. quite got me over the fence. <sighs> I think ah, I think I was a ground rule double, if you know what I'm saying. And he, um, what, got a triple out of that? Beds that you need <laughs> a bed to sleep on? Is a triple well, suddenly? I think that if, in credit of both of us, we were getting to yeah. some really interesting cool talk stuff. about yeah. what's important and what matters. I thought Dave I did think, a fantastic job. I, I did too. <laughs> and it's, I don't know why I think that because Dave, you didn't hit the home run, that meant Healy won. I'm not no, necessarily no, sure I think that. No, I understand. But because I think what I wanted to hear from you was, Dave, more about like how the bed is really for one person's experience. And when you have a home, there's a family and there's some piece that's for the whole family, whatever. I think that you were close to getting there and you could have gone a little further. Now, Healy, I think that it's there was something that you needed to go to with like, the beginnings of shelter and the most basic shelter is like a mm -hmm. there's like a bed mm -hmm. in there and like that's what it is it's a place to sleep totally that's all shelter is at the end of the day and i just that then both of you would have hit a home run and then i would definitely not be able to decide i don't know pull back the curtain week that's what's going on in my brain We're, we'll put this one up for twitter poll we'll see how it goes i like it love it Okay, guys, uh, with that, we're going to take it out of here, and we'll see you next week on The Great Debates. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.